Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I went over to a family friend's house, and Kobe was there. He asked me about the tournament. I said I was sore. And um, he said, well, did you take an ice bath? And I was like, no, I, I can't. You know, it hurts too much. I can't take an ice bath. He goes, my youngest daughter takes an ice bath. He's like, if you want to take an ice bath, you won't be great. And I've taken a lot of ice baths since. So if the Notre Dame offense looked a little bit faster a game ago, our next guest is the reason why. Wide receiver number zero, Braden Lindsey. Uh, how, how was the feeling? What did it feel like to finally be back? Uh, it was nice. Um, you know, I really sucked not being able to play with my teammates the first game, but it was nice seeing that win against Duke. Uh, and then getting out there for USF was really exciting. Um, you know, I didn't feel 100, but I felt good because uh, I was coming off a hamstring injury. But, you know, now I feel great, and I'm just excited to uh, – keep building with the team on the season being from Oregon how do you grow up viewing thinking about Notre Dame <laughs> uh the honest truth was I I really didn't like it I mean I um uh, I didn't want to visit uh in the first place my dad basically like made me I guess you could say um and there was like a a point like 30 minutes into my visit I think I was like oh yeah like this this is a great choice thank you thank you for having me come dad but um no I I really just like everyone who is doesn't have any affiliation with Notre Dame. I originally did not like them at all. Kind of like how no one likes uh, Duke basketball. Who did you grow up then rooting for? Like who, who was some of your teams when you were a kid? Uh, I mean, as far as in-state goes, uh, I kind of went back and forth between Oregon and Oregon State, but I was mainly in support of uh, Michigan State because my dad's like best friend from college. His son, Gary Harris, um, played two years at Michigan State for basketball and now he plays for the Nuggets. So I like kind of was always like a Michigan State fan because he went and played basketball there. So I rooted for their uh, basketball and football teams. I gotcha. So then, so then when you're you're this simultaneously, you're a rising football star, you're a rising track star. What was your favorite sport when you were in high school? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it just kind of depends. Like I would probably say football, just because you know it's really fun playing with the people you grew up with. Yeah. But um, there's always a part of me that kind of enjoyed track a bit more in the same sense because it was just like on you like it was more of an individual sport so you felt like more motivated like if you messed up or lost it was because of you and like no one else so I kind of appreciated that part about it what was your favorite event as far as track went easily the 400 why the 400 uh I just thought it was fun uh at the end like even though it like really hurt like no pain I've ever experienced um I just think it, it was like the biggest like show of like 
care and like heart, like get that last like hundred meter stretch. And um, although like I was fast, a lot of the time, like it wouldn't come down to who's necessarily faster than the four. It was um, who like wanted it more because you'd have to really grind it out in those last uh, hundred meters. Would you rather run a 40 or would you rather run a hundred? A uh, hundred because I, I don't know, actually, I haven't, I haven't really like trained or ran a hundred since high school and the way my body is now, I'm like, I'm like 30 pounds heavier than I was when I came in. I'm like 190, 191. So probably the 40 might lean more to my advantage now compared to the hundred. When I watch you play on the football field, I see your track background and your game a little bit. How are you able to use what you learned, some of those tools to benefit you when you're on the field? Yeah, I mean, when um, when I first came in, uh, I had a lot of struggles. And then second year, I was used as kind of like a speed guy. And, uh, you know, I wasn't able to display it as much in USF. But now that I'm fully healthy again, I can kind of use like all the tools in my box right now. And I would say the biggest addition of my game is now translating my speed to like like a curl or a dig or a comeback where I can make it look like I'm running a go and my technique has gotten good enough where I can break on a dime and uh, now come back and make those intermediate plays that I wasn't able to do last year. Yeah, and I was just reading about you. Your time of 21-34, it's funny because you said your favorite event was the 400. Mm-hmm. But you also ran the 100. You also ran the 200. You also ran the 400. Your 200 time was the sixth fastest in Oregon State history. So how close mm-hmm. were you to saying, I think I might run track in college compared to play football? Is that ever a possibility? Uh, there was a time period where I kind of considered it. But, um, you know, what? and I wanted to do both at one point. And then when I kind of got here, um, it just ended up like I was kind of at like a point where I could do it. But uh, it might really hurt like my football career because I might not have been able to gain the correct weight. It wasn't like they were like, no, you can't run track. It was more like you know, you can do it, but it's going to be, you know, you got to think about what it's going to be for your body. And um, so I ended up making the choice to not run. And to be quite honest, I actually haven't really uh, missed it. Uh, you know, I really enjoy track and I appreciate it, but, um, you know, I, I truthfully just haven't missed it the way I thought I would. Yeah. You're still pulling away from guys by 10 yards on the football field. That, that makes <laughs> it makes it a little tougher to miss it. How do, you, how do you feel like the track stuff in high school sparked the football recruiting? Was that part of it? Uh, yes, I know. Uh, track like helped me get faster for sure. I would say like the biggest thing that like, I guess you could say blew me up, uh, yeah. was when I ran like a, a four, four or something at like a regional opening when I was a sophomore. And then after that, I kind of just blew up. Um, cause you know how recruiting goes. Like a lot of the time it isn't even based off film or anything. It's literally just numbers and they just take risks on you and worst comes to worst. If you aren't ready, you can red shirt and they'll get you ready. Um, yeah. Sorry, is that when Notre Dame first called though? Oh no, no, no. Um, they didn't. They didn't contact me till junior year, I believe. Yeah, ju- like after my junior season. And when did you run the four four? My sophomore year. Damn. It was like four four seven, I think. But I, don't know, I mean, they're like lasered, but you see so often these high school times be so much better than the NFL. So I don't know if it's like a error in the system or if it's you know you just get bigger, but. Um, you know, I, I think those times, you know, I used to think they meant a lot, but now I've seen so many players who don't test well and who are incredible. The perfect example is Joe Wilkins. I mean, he's an explosive receiver, and he doesn't test very well. And he's my best bud, so I, lo- I love seeing him ball. Yeah, I've seen I, – I was just looking at your Instagram. You and Joe have got a bunch of picks together. Who, who's your squad? Who are some of your best friends on the team? The squad? Yeah. Uh, um, so the people I live with are me, Joe Wilkins, and DJ Brown. 
And then um, I'd say, like, outside of the house, like, best friends are, like, Kevin Austin, Tariq Bracey, Seba Flemister. Like, those are my guys. That's my squad. <laughs> when you think about your Notre Dame career thus far, I know it's still early on. What's your favorite play that you've had in a game? Oh, favorite play. Um, that's tough. Um, I, I think – oh, I, I know, I know. Um, it was like the Stanford game. I forget what, what time period it was. I didn't personally make the play. But uh, my favorite play that I was actually in on was when we, like, going into the – or going into the half or whatever, and we were just on the bench, and Chase was like, I'm going to have to fade for what, whatever it was. And then he ended up catching, like, a 40-yard bomb. And I just thought it was funny because that's very Chase-like. I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. That. Just when I watch the complexion of this offense compared to last year's offense, what's the biggest dent? What's the biggest change that Tommy Reese has brought from your perspective? I would say in a lot of ways it's simplified so it can become more complex. Um, you know, we change just the way we organize uh, our offense and our schemes and uh, just the way our playbook was built. So now what we need to make like alterations, like how we had a lot of receivers down. So we had to run a lot of 13 personnel on 21 and 22. Um, it was an easy transition because rather than learning just what position or whatnot, we, it's more concept based and we can just move a ton of people in different spots. So it looks like a lot of different things are happening, but really it's just different guys who have different abilities running it differently. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's, it's very, that's a very sharp way of putting it. How about when you look at some of the young additions, some of the new bodies that are inside of the building, who's been impressing you most? Uh, I don't even know the Chiefs. I mean, I guess I don't know. I mean, Michael Meyer and Chris Tyree are monsters. They're they're both very good. So I'm really happy they chose here. <laughs> is it is it with with guys that are young and and sort of emerging like that? Is it from day one they feel like they were meant to be playing at this level, or do you see it through camp? How does that transition work? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of both. Uh, I would say both of them. There's not a transition period. I think they were. Uh, I think it probably took the coaches one day to know that they'd be able to play day one. And then other guys would come on uh, over time. And um, I respect both of them because I didn't come on at all until my second year. So, um, you know, it's, it's really exciting to see young guys play. And um, they're all good dudes and they're all humble. So I'm, I'm excited to have them here. Give me some idea of the feeling inside your head when a shot play gets called and you're standing in the huddle. Most of the time, I, I just look at, like, the coverage, like, especially because a lot of the shots I get are post. Um, if, if I see it looks like cover four, then I get, you know, pretty giddy, and I try to act calm. Because, you know, post cover four, that's me. Um, but, you know, you just do your assignment and run. I mean, that's all there really is to it. And hope Ian gives me that ball, and, you know, it's let it rip. Yeah. You, you've been on campus for a few years now. G give me some sense of the strangest part of this 2020 season and all that it's been compared to some of the last ones? Uh, I would say the strangest is just not seeing, like, the dorm, like, situation. Like, when you just walk in the hallway, like, not necessarily even just friends, just people you get to know and say hi to and whatnot around the dorm. You know, I don't get to see any of them. I mean, I'm only around football players now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I understand it and I'm not upset about it, but it's definitely weird because, you know, it's not it, – it, honestly, it just doesn't really feel like college right now. Um, and you know, I, I knew that going in, that's why I chose not to opt out. I mean, I want to play football, but, um, you know, it definitely is weird to like, just go from like class to football to back to home and nothing else. I, I bet. And you're going to get a chance to play in prime time. You already got a little taste of 
whatever the new look, new feel Notre Dame stadium is. Mm-hmm. How do you describe the difference when you're inside of one of the best stadiums in college football with 15,000 people? Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know what it's going to be like with no fans, but uh, playing in night games is always special. Um, you know, everyone gets excited. You have the whole day to think about it, so everyone gets anxious. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, it's been a long time. Last time I think we played night game in the stadium was USC or I don't know, something like that. So I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be fun. Braden, it's really great having you back, man. You brought a, really a spark. Like it's just, it makes the offense a little bit more fun to watch, just watch mm-hmm. them play. So great to have you back. Best of luck this weekend in primetime. Appreciate it. Thank you. So our next guest is a senior linebacker from Boca Raton, Florida, and Drew White. And Drew, that St. Thomas Aquinas is a storied high school program. What's the most unique part about actually being inside the walls there? I would say the most unique part that a lot of people don't understand um, is that the spring practices are extremely competitive and high energy. I mean, like it's it's uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not joking. It's it's harder and more physical and, and has more intensity than the actual season games. Um, you know, Florida's kind of lucky to be able to have spring ball. It helps the recruiting a ton. Um, so it, it, it was really great because, you know, you'd have all these guys that are trying to compete for starting jobs because you have so many, so many capable players. And then you, coaches are able to recruit, so they come down and watch your spring practices. And we'll have like 30, 40 coaches line up on the sidelines. So everyone's going to come out with crazy energy. So it, that's, that's definitely the most unique and, and fun part um, about St. Thomas that, you know, I can recall. And for anybody who's not familiar with the program, it just every year annually just churning out D1 athletes. It's one after another. How many D1 guys ended up coming out of your senior class? I don't know if I could give you the exact, exact number. I, I think it was close to 20. I don't remember if it was just under or just over, but it was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a lot of guys. Now that you're playing at Notre Dame, what did that shutout last week against USF mean to this defense? Uh, you know, anytime you get a shutout in, in, in college, um, it's hard. I mean, college football teams uh, are good. Every college football team in the country um, has fast, big dudes. And so whenever, as a defense, you can go out there and, you know, shut them down to zero points, not even a field goal, um, it's a it's a great accomplishment, and you know I think it, it definitely gave us a boost of confidence as a unit, um, and I think everyone's excited about that. I loved Coach Kelly's halftime speech with with the nice guy, the little dumb being the nice guy thing. How did that resonate with you? Yeah, I mean, you know, every, everyone loves when Coach Kelly, uh, uh, you know, brings up the intensity a little bit, and uh, so I, you know everyone's excited about that halftime speech, and you know he does a great job of of really. Um, you know, getting our, you know, m- mental game right um, in halftime. I-, I think he does it every game. Um, you know, he has-, he has a really good message, and I think the guys respond well. Um, so we're always coming out of the second half pretty hot. Mm-hmm. And-, and we have Tony Dungy this year calling Notre Dame football, and somebody he's connected with so instantaneously is Clark Lee, the defensive coordinator. And I think he feels like he's going to have a head coach, just opportunities one after another following this season. Uh, how would you define his style as a coach? Uh, well, Coach Lee is is I feel I feel like Coach Lee is our uh, secret weapon. I've, um, I'm not sure how many guys nationally know who he is and all that he's done and, and what he's been able to accomplish. But I mean, he's been uh, the mentor for me here uh, 
in college. Um, you know, started out as my linebackers coach. I've seen him progress to uh, being the D coordinator, and now people are talking about him being a head coach. I mean, I can see him every day coming into the office and finding little things to improve on, and which is showing results. And I mean, that's extremely motivational uh, for as a player, as a as a young um, adult to see and look up to is see a guy actually practicing what he's preaching and seeing the benefits of it. And I mean, he's he's been everything to me um, while here. So, man, I, yeah, I can't say enough about him. It's, it's everybody we talk to has that same reply. And honestly, we talk to him and I have the same feeling just being able to share share a conversation with Coach Lee. So how has your relationship with him evolved from when he was your position coach to now being your defensive coordinator? Well, I think our, our relationships evolved just as I've, you know, I've matured and and been you know more around them and, and we've both become more comfortable with each other. Um, so, you know, we always joke around with each other all the time. We're throwing shade. Um, that's just kind of what, what we do. I come in the linebacker room um, and, and make some joke and he makes one back. So that's kind of the relationship we have. Um, and, but we're able to, you know, when the meeting starts, lock in and, and be able to talk uh, football. So, you know, that's great. And, you know, he, he's got a unique coaching style. He's, he's not a yeller. Um, he's very tactical. He's very methodical um, in his system and, and his game plans. Um, and, you know, I just think he's got a really unique blend of, of that, um, that coaching style that it's kind of, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's not really, it's like a new school approach. Um, and, and I think it's working really good. How, how difficult, how complex is his defense to understand? Well, um, as a senior, I want to say it's not that hard, but yeah, I mean, for the young guys, um, you know, it, it takes a while to, to understand the, the defense and, and the, the run fits, the pass fits, the checks. I mean, there's a lot that goes into a defense and, you know, more specifically when you're a linebacker, you got to know what everyone's doing. Um, so it makes it more complicated. Um, but I mean, I, I, I can say with confidence that I think I really do think we have the, the smartest linebacker room in the country. I mean, all the all of the guys in, in there um, know how to speak and, and, and you know write up plays and and really know what you know what we're doing and uh, I think that really kind of shows on, on Saturdays um, when we can play without hesitation and and you know, being able to play fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Awusu Koromo. One of the things he said about Coach Lee that stood out to me is like he's virtuous. He understands the mind. How does he connect on that level? How does he understand the mind? Let me understand that a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel like, you know, Wu is a very spiritual um, uh, dude, which is which is awesome. Um, you know, he, he leads fellowship sometimes um, and he, he's always always coming to the goog or coming to practice with some Bible quote that he'll that he'll tell me or, or tell some other guys. Um, and, you know, Coach Lee is is um, very philosophical. You know, he believes in right and wrong. He believes in creating habits and, and routines um, and not having soft spots in your mind. And I mean, what, I mean, when you talk to Coach Lee, I mean, you could almost think you're talking to a psychology professor. I mean, it, because he's, he's been able to absorb so much information through reading and, and, and just through his experiences. Um, that he's got so much knowledge. So I feel like, you know, whenever he talks about you know, connect, connecting with Coach Lee on a on a mental level, um, I I think it comes from two guys that really do have a deep, um, you know, philosophical approach to both 
life and, and football. It's pretty cool. How does Coach Lee start team meetings? Hmm. Well, I guess he would start he would start the team meeting. Um, we always say uh, that we're gonna we want to win the national championship and we're gonna be the best. And you know, and through there, we talk about. I think what's really unique about Coach Lee is he doesn't start a meeting and immediately talk about football. He doesn't immediately throw up. Florida State film you know he he's a guy that will come in and talk about you know uh morning habits a guy that'll talk about um, not leaving your locker dirty uh the guy the guy that will talk about hey we can't we can't be late to treatment you know you know he's he's a big thing of controlling all the little things in your life um so they don't just eat away at you and leak into other parts of your life you know if if your room's dirty at home you know, you could have bad practice. I mean, it, it's it's crazy to think about, but uh, you know, that's really what he believes in. He, he he really believes in taking care of all the little things in your life, um, and being disciplined and being accountable. And he starts every meeting with some type of message to the team, which I think has just grown our team, both the brotherhood and just on a on a performance level. Um, you know, I think it's skyrocketed. This guy sounds like he's got something special to him, man. I'm telling you, like, you don't hear this many good things from this many players. This is rare what you got going on with Coach Lee here. Uh, lucky that you get to play for him. How about Kyle Hamilton? When did you first realize that he was a star? All right. Well, actually, you have a good story. So we played this thing, in, so this was two summers ago. Am I getting that right? Um, so the summer when he came um, – we play this thing called Irish ball. And so it's like at the end of the summer and it's when we have to go out into the hot sun on the hot, hot turf fields and we warm up in our, in our warm up lines. And then they scream Irish ball and they bring out, it's like, uh, they bring out these, these like, uh, almost, I don't know what you want to call them, like dodgeball things. Yeah. Um, and so you, you honestly just run around a little bit and you're playing like half seven on, but it's not like you have tons of people on the field. Like it's just a fun way uh, to kind of end the summer um, and not, and people are excited because you don't have to run. But what happened was uh, Kyle was on my, on, on my Irish ball team and he was picking off like five of these balls that people were throwing up. And I see him just go up and grab and he's high pointing it. He's like six, four. I mean, I'm like, this kid plays safety. I mean, it was, it was unreal. And I, I turned to someone next to me. I was like, you know, he is going to be good. So it's kind of, it's kind of came true. Uh, he's, he's done great so far. And, you know, I can't wait to see, um, you know, how he keeps climbing. Is, is it like an instinct thing with those great safeties? Like I think about like Ed Reed, Bob Sanders. I mean, just some of the best over the years. It seems like they know what the offense wants to do before they even do it. How do you see that in Hamilton? Yeah, it's, it's one knowing, like knowing the game. And, and and being able to you know expect plays, but he's he just has a he's able to cover so much ground with with his length and he's got you know for being six four he's extremely athletic and, and mobile um, you know that he's able to bend and make cuts and and run across the field and, and you know jump up with this huge wingspan and, and able to grab the ball so it's yeah it's a combination of one his his own work when it comes into the film and and getting into the game plan. Um, and two, just, just being a very unique body that I think quarterbacks don't expect when they, you know, come out onto the field.
You're right. He looks like a six four wide receiver playing strong safety, but with the skill set to come punch you in the mouth. It's just it's a really rare combination. Uh, how about just the young players on this defense? Some of the guys that have elevated from maybe didn't play much last year to now making an impact. Who's impressed you most through a unique fall camp? Hmm. Um, it's it's hard to single out everybody because I feel like as a defense we've molded and, and created such a a good culture and unit that a lot of the good guys have come out and had a great camp, um, whether they're incoming freshmen or freshmen last year that were redshirted and, and, and maybe didn't see you know too much field time. Um, there's not that much of a, a drop or like we call it the standard, right? And there's not that much, there's no drop when it comes to our second D out, our third D out. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually, um, you know, it, it's crazy to me. I, I think about it all the time. Um, I, I really do think we have the most, um, you know, most depth at linebacker in the country, all of our guys in the linebacker room, I have complete comfortability in going out and playing, um, which, I mean, we saw with, with, Kaiser. I mean, Kaiser um, didn't play much last year, came out and it looked like, you know, he played all last season. I mean, he's got great instincts. He knew where to go. He played fast um, and was able to play free. And, you know, that stems from um, film and that, that stems from all the linebackers going into the meeting room every day and every, you know, no one's in the back falling asleep because they know they're not playing. That's not the culture that we've, you know, created. It's, it's everyone's getting asked questions everyone is um, held to the same standard. So I mean, I, I feel like I can most comfortably talk about the linebackers. So it's the two guys that stand out. I mean, we don't have any, um, some, we don't have any incoming freshmen. And I think that was because we've, we have so much depth, but I mean, Jack Kaiser and JD um, are, are, are beasts. I, I can't wait to watch them play um, later on. And I mean, even now, and uh, those are special dudes. Yeah, and on the offensive side of the ball, because you guys spend so much time repping against the ones, uh, especially this year as you had to scrimmage and go through all that stuff. You've seen a lot of running backs, you've seen a lot of great backs come through the program. What about these two freshmen? As you as you have a redshirt freshman in Williams and a true freshman in Chris Tyree, what separates them? Uh, I feel like they're they're two different backs. They're both really good backs. Uh, Chris Tyree has has really good speed. But what kind of, what surprised me in the beginning um, of camp was he doesn't just have the speed on the perimeter. He hits the hole hard. And when you hit the hole hard, um, it's easy for a linebacker to, um, you know, miss a tackle. He comes at you fast. You, he's, he's going through the creases. Um, and so he hits the hole extremely hard um, with his with his speed, which, you know, which is a gift. But he doesn't just use it on the perimeter. He uses it um, in all aspects of his game. Um, so I, I can't say enough about um, Chris and and Kyron is a special dude. Um, I've been able to get close to him over uh, specifically this this fall camp. Um, I'm always John it with him and and we you know we get in each other's heads. But whenever whenever I tackle him, or I don't want to say he's ever made me miss because I wouldn't say that. But you know we always we all we always like respect one another to the biggest degree, and, and we're like, all right, I'm gonna get you next play. And so I've been able to build build a really good like competitiveness uh, with Kyron in, in practice, which has been really fun. That's awesome. And, and these these tight ends that you have, like how many opposing tight ends have you played against that are better than a Tommy Tremble or a Baby Gronk Mayer? Yeah, I mean it's it's tight end. You, I knew it before. I mean, I'm not a tight end, but I mean that's it, it's it's crazy. I mean, I I kind of knew it going into Notre Dame. I mean, I mean we've had good tight ends, and you know since my freshman year with Durham. So 
yeah, I mean, this year it's it, it's incredible how much how many tight ends we have. I feel like we should just run like 14 personnel all game, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, close. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tremble, Brock, um, Mayor, whatever. You know, I mean, all of them. I mean, they, I mean, they they're all really good. Uh, it's fun. I have no idea who's going to line up when we play. I mean, it'll be like ones out there, um, and I have no idea who they're going to send out because they're all capable. So it's kind of it's kind of fun to see who they uh, come out. So uh, yeah, it's been really fun. Um, I'm super glad they're on our team and not anybody else's team. So what makes Tremble so tough? Well, at first. Um, you know, it's his speed. That's I feel like that's the first thing you noticed about him is, you know, he's kind of like a he runs routes like a wide receiver. And so that's the the eye opening, um, you know, uniqueness of him. But as a linebacker um, I, and if you watch the tape, you'll see he's 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 got blocking ability too. he's got a he's got a really good sense of, of being able to stay on blocks, which which is for a deep for a defensive player is like the worst thing like. It's okay if they come out and hit you and I can snatch off. But if you just keep, you know, staying on my shoulder, I'm going to get run out of the gap. And so he, that's what he does extremely well is able to just just uh, drive his feet and, and keep his hands inside to where he's not losing the block. Does he just latch onto that nameplate or is, his, is it the ability, like the athleticism in his feet that keeps him there? I can never quite figure out how he sticks like that either. I, I have no idea. Even I watch, I watch film too. Like I still don't know. He's got. He just got a unique ability to do it. I don't. I. I I've watched his 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 head and his face um, are very frontal. I don't know if that's it. I have no idea. But yeah, he's he's able to he's able to block really well. There's there's two guys that I've ever really been able to stick like that, and they have similar body types. And one is George Kittle, and the second is Tommy Tremble. So I think I think a lot of NFL eyeballs will be locking onto that dude right there. Uh, just catch me up on the last few weeks. I know it's been a strange couple of weeks here. The numbers have come back down what's like the testing day-to-day how does it actually work from from your guys perspective yeah um I mean what happens is we get a message uh you know like the night before and the morning of saying uh you know COVID testing I feel like it's been majority you know I mean it's it's most days I feel like they're all starting to blend together I don't know how many COVID tests I've done a lot but um yeah I mean it's be kind of it's become a routine thing I don't let it um fill up my mind too much like I I just make it part of my you know morning routine as I go and and do my COVID test and then besides that I really um what I've kind of learned over it first came over quarantine and then even you know when we when we got back in the summer, I kind of quickly realized that I was going to have to keep this this mindset, and that was to just not overstress or think about you can think about controlling anything that's out of your control. I mean, you know, it, it sounds simple, but just not letting that eat up your you know uh, your your headspace um, and have that fill up because you know I've I have school and football to think about. I you know I can't think about this stuff, um, so I really just you know. It, I, I guess the you know the biggest thing I've done is is just the realizing I'm just going to control what I can control, and that's kind of been my mindset. Yeah. Okay. Last one for me. I meant to ask this to Braden Lindsay. I'm instead going to ask it to you. Uh, I just talked to Lindsay. We talked Chris Tyree. Who are the fastest play, players on the team? Like if we all lined up on the goal line and raced to the 60, 50 yards, whatever it is, who are the fastest? I I don't know. I don't want to. Someone's going to get mad at me if they ever see this, that I didn't name them because it's 
It's going to be someone that's mad. I would say, I would say it would be Braden and Chris, but then you got to think of some of the fast defensive guys and, and, and Crawford and you can throw Wu up there. I don't know. Wu, Wu flies around too. And, and Bracey, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you that. I'd, I'd like to see it happen. I bet it would be a fun race to watch. Drew, we appreciate the time, man. Best of luck this weekend. Keep kicking some butt out there. Awesome. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.